Welcome to, Welcome more, to than more than a few words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Rampeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good morning, everybody. This is Lorraine, and as always, Allison is hanging out on Twitter. Good morning, Allison. Hey, everybody. If you want to join the conversation, share a comment or a note, use the hashtag PoundMTFW. And our guest this morning is Chris Lucas from Formstack. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We are great. I am so excited that you could join us this morning. Um, yeah. Before we roll into the, the topic, why don't you tell folks a little bit about Formstack if they're not familiar with what the product is? Right. So Formstack is uh, we're basically an easy way for small businesses to create uh, online forms. And so think about a business who wants to collect information online, whether that be a lead generation form, uh, an event, uh, registration or survey, we allow uh, businesses to uh, create those forms within our software and then manage that data and then we integrate with um, a whole bunch of other applications that uh, businesses use in their kind of day-to-day -day life. And so think of email tools or CRM tools. Um, so we integrate with those tools and allow you to pass data back and forth from one app to the other. So um, we we try to build small uh, tools for small businesses to help them grow and uh, kind of achieve their business goals. Awesome, and uh, you know that I, that we're big fans of Formstack. We we uh, integrate that with a lot of our websites because it does just that. It allows companies to uh, capture contact information from people who visit their site, which really is the perfect lead-in to today's conversation on landing pages. Because the main reason that you create a landing page is to bring someone to your site, hopefully to gain a little info. Why don't you talk about, from your perspective, big reasons why companies need to be thinking about adding landing pages to their website? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, if you've been around in marketing for a while, you've heard the term landing pages, and a lot of people think of uh, landing pages as just kind of a um, either a general concept of, you know, just you put a page out there and put a bunch of content on there and you hope people arrive there. Um, but really, the way that uh, people are, are hitting landing pages now is not just through, um, you know, the old ways where you just put an advertisement out there and you throw a page up and, and let people hit that from your advertisement. But um, landing pages can drive, whether it's from social, paid uh, uh, channels, or even through SEO, which is you know, search engine optimization, um, people are hitting specific pages with specific relevant content to what uh, the previous sites that they were just visiting. So landing pages really serve as um, as a jumping point to learn more information about your company. Um, and I think we've seen landing pages evolve from uh, this kind of the the one all the one page fits all kind of mechanism where you try to push somebody through a full size funnel all the way from the top of the page down to the bottom of the page and you try to get them to convert. But I think what we're seeing now is, is landing pages really being a resource for people to come in, learn about your company, 
learn about your service, and then take an action from there, whether it's you know, join the conversation on Twitter, convert to a paid whatever, sign up for a white paper. But landing pages really serve as a jumping off point to, to help companies understand or help people understand what your company does. And so I think that's that's the value of landing pages. And uh, like I said, there's which is so many mediums out there for people to hit your website. It's important for you to start thinking about, you know, how do we create pages for relevant content? I think that I think the idea of relevant content is a really important theme because I think the attitude used to be I'm going to drive everybody to my home page, and now I think that I'm seeing more and more of a trend as people pick individual pages or create multiple pages around different topics. Are you guys seeing a lot of that? We are, and it's uh, like I mentioned, you know, everything from paid to uh, SEO to kind of other channels in which you're driving. I think it's important nowadays that, that you understand that people are looking uh, for information in different ways and serving up around specific content areas. So if you're talking about, um, I mean, for us, we talk about forms, but we, you know, our tool is around forms, but we also talk about surveys or event registrations. And so it's important for us to be, if somebody's talking about surveys, we don't drop some drop them into a page. Uh, that's about event registrations or donations or something like that. It's it's important that we talk about um, the specific thing that they're looking for. And so, driving relevant content, especially now with, with social um, being as big as as it is, people can find very specific topics and want to find more information about those specific topics. And so, it's important for for you to realize kind of uh, it's not a one size fits all model anymore. Absolutely. Now. Um it's been interesting that I've seen different companies take different approaches to landing pages. I would say the majority of them, though, have some type of information gathering, you know, at least a name and an email, a phone number and an email. As you work with different companies, how much information do you suggest that they collect on that landing page? Is there a place where you're asking too much? Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like going back to, um, you, you look at advertising and you always look at these awesome creatives and you see people who have like spent thousands and thousands of dollars on these beautiful banner ads. And then you go and you see these uh, kind of, you go to like CNN.com and you see these ugly, ugly banner ads and you go back and you do some research and you find that ugly banner ads convert better and you just don't know why it is, right? Like, uh, So I, I kind of liken it to that where it, it doesn't always make sense, um, and it's not always going to uh, – the size of the form isn't always going to be the exact same across the board. So it's hard to say that there's uh, five questions or two questions or 20 questions. It's, it's, you've got to find the, uh, the mechanisms or the triggers. Um, but what we have found is that uh, really it's, it's understanding your audience and testing through it. And so – uh, the best starting point is wondering, uh, is asking yourself, what is the, what is the information that I really needs to get a conversation or an engagement started? If it's just an email, like ask for the email first and see how many people you can get to give you an email. Um, you know, I think so often we think about we need to get a phone number, a name, an email, a title, all of this other stuff that we think that we need to fill out because 
we either have a CRM or we have an email database that has all these fields in it. Um, but in reality, it's, the question should be, what is the first thing that I need to start engaging with that customer? And if you can answer that question, then I think you can start to build out a form or whatever that mechanism is to collect the right amount of information and then just testing through it and kind of understanding the threshold of, of information that, uh, that people are willing to give you. And I, I think that uh, that idea of how much people are willing to give, a lot of times what we've seen is we may get an email, but if we've engaged in a conversation electronically with someone over a period of time, we then earn the right to get their name, to get their phone number, to learn more about them as we've proven kind of our value. And so you kind of using different forms to kind of test where that where that fall off is not ask for too much, and and then earn the right to ask for more. Yeah, and it's funny because it's also like a first date, right? Like you wouldn't go out on a first date and ask them, after your date, like the thousand questions that you really want to know about them. You you first have to ask them, you know, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do on Saturday? You, you need to think of your customers in kind of that same way. Like you can't go out and bombard them with a bunch of questions because you're going to scare them off. They're not going to fill out that form. And so it really is understanding the the uh, concept of give a little bit in the front and just say, you know, hey, I just want your name or I just want your email. Uh, and then, you know, we'll we'll connect on Twitter or we'll connect via email. And I'll give you other opportunities to, to find out more information about me and then I'll ask you more information about you. And so it's a give and take. Uh, and if you think about it that way, I think it makes a lot more sense from a, from a marketing perspective. Absolutely, I, and I, I love that whole um, uh, first contact as a um, sort of as a date uh, analogy. That's awesome. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit because you guys knew so much about landing pages that you created this wonderful infographic on um, the perfect landing page. But I want to start with a question because I didn't know this until we were talking earlier. Why did you guys create that infographic originally? Yeah, so if if anybody knows of kind of Formstack from the beginning, we, we were actually a different uh, company. We were called Formspring at the time. Um, and we, we went through a rebrand, and we actually lost the domain. Um, and if anybody kind of has ever gone through that, uh, and we didn't, I mean, we just had to switch it over to um, um, a different company, and so we took on Formstack.com. But in that process, we'd built up about two years, or three or four years, actually, about uh, of kind of search history and links and all that kind of stuff. Um, and when we went through the rebrand and became Formstack, we uh, we lost all of that history. And as kind of marketers know, um, that history is gold with Google. All those links, all of those mentions on PR and all of those things are, are really gold for when somebody is searching for your product or your service. And we had lost all of that. And so we created the infographic. Well, we, you know, it was about the time that infographics were kind of taking off and, and becoming popular. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think we were trying to we didn't go out to set out some kind of viral whatever. Um, but we wanted to see if we could use infographics just to drive um, New links to our site to the new formstack.com site and um, see if we could use that to generate some SEO activity and, and some just viral PR 
just create interesting content and, and get some of that back. And so that was really the purpose for us creating that, that infographic and trying to see if we could we could use infographics and kind of uh, graphic content to drive traffic back to our site. So you created this infographic, and which, by the way, uh, if you wanted to acquire it, you had to hit a landing page, you had to actually give you contact info. What kind of results did you have when you launched that infographic? Before, let me, before you do that, how did you promote the infographic? And then we'll talk about your results. We'll start with yeah, how so you promote. Yeah, so the the promotion of the infographic, uh, so this was really one of the first uh, infographics we'd ever done. And uh, so we were kind of newbies, and uh, we just, so we put it out on our blog, and then we push it out, push it out to a couple of different uh, websites. And I think we had, uh, we had some pickup from, uh, I'm trying to think of some exact sites. I think, uh, Really, where it came up the most uh, was Hacker. I think it was Hacker News that picked up um, part of it, and then we had some other hits across some other websites and some other kind of well-known web companies uh, reposted it on their blog. And so we pushed it out to just a lot of friends, um, but then also pushed it out to kind of the uh, the typical um, news organizations and had a couple pickups there. And so. It was kind of a broad approach, and like I said, it was our first time doing it, so we were just kind of doing that. Here, let's let's share this. Um, but what we didn't realize was the value of stumble upon. Um, okay. And stumble upon. Yes. Uh, oh, stumble upon. I thank you. I want to. I want to repeat yes. that. You didn't realize the value of stumble upon. Okay. Go yes. ahead. So, so stumble upon, if 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 you aren't familiar with it. Uh, or if any listeners aren't, it's where you can just kind of go and basically stumble on uh, different news articles or content or things like that. You can, uh, like other sites, you can upvote it or you can kind of stumble it. And um, the more traction it gets in that community, the more uh, it shows up. And so StumbleUpon became our uh, a huge driver of traffic for us and from a social perspective. Um, but uh, Twitter was also, I mean, Twitter and, and StumbleUpon were our two biggest drivers of, of traffic, and it was uh, it was amazing to see how quickly uh, once it got stumbled, um, how much our traffic went up and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so you started getting all this traffic. What kind of results did you have from this infographic? So we uh, we had some great results. I think uh, the first in the first uh, seven days, I think it was, I went into uh, it was, at the time it was Yahoo's Site Explorer and was checking out the number of backlinks. And we had within seven days, we had 2,000 backlinks to uh, Formstack.com from uh, that anatomy of a an, uh, landing page infographic, and it just kept going. And I mean it. Even still, um, we will still see stumble upon traffic climb up to be one of our top five referrals. For a while, the anatomy of the landing page uh, was our number one visited page across our site, and um, I mean we we get very good traffic um, just by all the other stuff that we're doing in marketing, and so it's kind of kind of impressive to see that uh, be the number one referral. And for a while, Twitter uh, was a top five referral for us, um, and again, it was because of the uh, infographic that we that we've created, and so um, 
it was you know from a from a specific backlink perspective it was uh it it proved itself uh very quickly to be to be a success but um so those are i mean those are some of the uh, kind of the, the early wins that we saw but even it's it's still amazing like we always talk about and I'm sure you guys know you talk about social content living for or content living forever because of social media and we can still see like if something gets uh, tweeted out on the on the infographic, and it's been almost two years since then. Uh, we'll see that page just skyrocket up to kind of our top ten, top five referral uh, pages, uh, and it's two years later, and people are still tweeting it out and stumbling it and all that kind of stuff. And you know that is uh, that's definitely true that a good landing page really lives forever. We've got. Um, I have a couple of blog posts that weren't originally designed as landing pages per se um, that four and five years after I wrote the blog post still get traffic. And one of the things that I did is I went back in and inserted a form stack form and offered people more information. So not only was it a great traffic source, but it also is a nice lead source. As you did this first anatomy of a landing page, um, do you remember, did, did, beyond just the views, did you get people um, uh, signing up, and, uh, asking for more information? I mean, did you see um, a bump in other areas of your business beyond just the traffic to the site? We did. Uh, so, as, as I said, when we first did this one, it was we were uh, kind of newbies. And so one of it, you would have thought that... Uh, we would have remembered to put something as crucial as a form on that page, uh, but we didn't. And we, I totally kicked myself and you know what, after I launched it, because I was like, oh my God, I totally spaced. But we, like you did, we went back and we put an email field um, and just said, you want to learn more about form stacks, subscribe to our email newsletter. Um, and that one specifically, we, uh, we, we get, I mean, we get about, 10, 15 emails from that uh, kind of on a weekly basis. It's not a huge driver for email. Um, but what it did prove was to be a, a kind of, like I talked about earlier, a launch point into finding more information about us. And so we've seen that uh, as a good referral source of, uh, of paid customers and even trialing customers, trialing customers to us. Um, but we've, we have definitely been able to, we threw an email uh, sign up form on there and been able to uh, to generate some interest through there. So we we learned from that one to definitely always have some kind of lead capture source. Um, but it has in in the end it has uh, done well for us in terms of referral from from paid users and all that kind of stuff. So um, after your initial success with this infographic, have you guys um, done toe in the water? Have you tried some other infographics and landing pages? We have. We've, you know, uh, one of the things that we, uh, so we did infographics for a while, and none of them was as successful as, as the anatomy of a perfect landing page. But um, what we've learned is to dissect uh, kind of the big infographic and turn it into kind of smaller infographics. And so what we started doing is uh, we took, um, so we did a case study on a customer at the University of Michigan, and we created just a little bit of a uh, of an infographic. Uh, about them, and that right now is one of the uh, top sources of Google image searches 
uh, back to our site. It's uh, it's our number one traffic blog post right now, and it's been uh, been that way for almost two and a half months. Um, and and it shows up, and that that specific infographic leads back to a blog post that has a call to action on it. Um, and so it's um, we've used we've used infographics and graphics to drive traffic back to specific pages, um, but we've We've done it a little differently than those the big infographics that uh, were kind of commonplace a year or so ago. We've kind of broken that down a little bit. I actually really like the um, the smaller infographics. I, I get bored about halfway through a long infographic. Um, so we, we've seen a lot of the same stuff where we kind of cut it down a little bit and it had good results. Um, if somebody is thinking about creating um, an infographic and a landing page, maybe some tips, some things to consider. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, and we've done a couple other graphics within, uh, so we have a, a tool that's called the Launchpad. We also uh, created a bunch of pages for customers, and we created a graphic, um, the life cycle of, uh, of marketing for small businesses, and we put it in our small business uh, landing page. Um, and really, it's an internal page, but we also serve it. You serve it up as a landing page for small businesses looking for for content. I think one of the biggest things that we've learned is uh, kind of what you just pointed out: kind of digestible content. People, it's it's like video, right? Like people people will sit through a twenty second video, but they may not sit through a two minute video because you know things things on the People look at something on the internet and they want to be captured right away. And so what we found is to really drive engagement on a page is to create short, compelling or, uh, graphics. And it doesn't have to be an infographic, but graphics really do drive uh, time on page and, and things like that. We get a lot more uh, inversions on pages that have really good graphics uh, than we do on pages that don't. And that seems like common sense, but it's amazing how many people how many times people will create a page with all just because they want to put out just everything that they have on their company and they want to write it all out and explain it in detail and graphics can graphics can do that a, a you know a thousand times better than ten paragraphs can so that's really what we found and and I, I think the other thing is the uh, tying the content back to that infographic or back to the graphic specifically um, so. If you can highlight some points in the infographic and then re-highlight that in the in the content of the page, uh, I think does well to to help further kind of reinforce that message or you know, reinforce uh, the call to actions that you're that you're creating on your pages. Cool. And then um, what about uh, kind of the other side of it? After people they go to the trouble of getting the infographics, they they get people to to sign up or subscribe. What kind of follow-ups have you guys had success with, and what kind of things do you suggest to some of your customers? So I think uh, I think everybody goes right to email, um, and again, it's kind of like the form example, right? It's you have to start testing and, and figuring out what makes sense. Um, uh, in terms of follow-up, I think everybody goes to email because it's easiest. Um, but again, I think when you follow up via email, it's it's not an invitation to uh, just start blasting them with email. It's not. It's not an invitation to just you know throw everything at the kitchen sink or plus the kitchen sink at them and say here's what we do and here's why we do it. 
I think uh, what we're learning through email is uh, that actually, it's funny, graphics drive better conversion and email, better open rates and better readability. So we have, we've started playing around in our email follow-ups on, on certain pages, but uh, it's just a big graphic that says, you know, here's here, uh, here's a new feature, or here's what we're offering specifically, and click through to a blog post. And people who want to learn more will click through, and they'll spend a lot of time reading or researching. Um, we also actually have started doing some phone call follow-ups with some customers, um, and that's more of a, a, a breakaway from our traditional model of just doing all online, uh, kind of no-touch no uh, follow-up. But it's, it's amazing how many people like just to hear a voice, and uh, even if it's a simple, hey, how are you doing? Do you like the product? What's going on? What are your challenges? Um, people like to know that there's a person on the other side, and I think it's important for web businesses to understand that sometimes you have to show that human side um, to customers. Even if you are totally online, uh, the human side does a lot in terms of, kind of creating customers and creating fans. You know what? I think that um, phone strategy is really brilliant. I think one of the things that we all wrestle with when we sign up for internet services is using the tool is fine. It's that fear of what it's going to be like the first time you have a support issue. And, you know, we've all been in enough voicemail hell um, or we've been through enough scripted customer service that, you know, getting a phone call from someone who's who's friendly and personable and isn't necessarily reading from a script, I think probably gives people a much higher confidence that you guys are going to be okay to deal with um, as they use the tool and maybe have challenges and questions. Yeah, and I think what's important for web businesses to understand, and, and uh, it's hard for, for us, we're in it all the time, right? We, we understand that there's a bunch of web technologies out there. Um, that, that we can use and we can sign up for, and uh, we probably don't have any issues. But a lot of people who are, you know, whether they're small business owners who are just kind of learning how to get their businesses online, or whether they're marketers who come from, you know, quote unquote, the traditional marketing and just learning more about web-based services, is that not everybody feels comfortable just putting in their credit card and running with an application. They want a little bit of hand-holding. Or they at least want to know that if something does blow up, that somebody is on the other end. And it's so easy now for companies to pop up um, and just kind of spring up overnight, seemingly, that you don't, you know, customers who aren't familiar with the web space don't always feel comfortable just giving their information to somebody. And so whatever human touches, and this even goes back to landing pages, I think uh, putting in uh, faces of your organization or putting in, uh, a contact number or putting in a chat box that says, you know, want to talk to a live person. Now, obviously, you have to be careful with um, having it too automated. Like you said, you don't want somebody reading from the script or chatting from the script. But putting those things on your site and on your pages that allows people to understand, hey, there, there are actually people on the other side of this business. They care about me. They, they want to see me do well with their software. I think goes a long way in, in kind of building that trust, especially as we see more and more web tools pop up. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as, as companies look at the long list of web tools that they're paying for, um, when they start reevaluating and they go through and start trimming, the companies that have the best support, and I think the personal, I, 
are, are definitely going to come out on top. Um, I cannot believe that we have blown through almost a half an hour. Um, this has been really good information. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a half an hour until I just sat down, just sat down and looked at the clock again. So, <laughs> so before um, we run out of time, uh, if people want to find out more about you or reach you, how do they follow? How do they find you? So they can go to, and this is going to go counter to everything that we just talked about in terms of landing pages. They can go to formstack.com. We'll drive them back to our our uh, homepage. Um, they can go to formstack.com and learn about us. They can also just, uh, if anybody has specific questions, they can email me, chris at formstack.com. Um, and then we obviously, we have Twitter, uh, which is at formstack. So there's a, a bunch of different ways that we can, uh, I can be reached, but uh, always happy to reach out and and uh, love to connect with uh, other folks in the space. So uh, email email me directly if you want to talk, and uh, definitely appreciate you having me on. Oh, this has been lots and lots of fun. Um, I, like I said, I think it's really great information. Um, we're big fans of the Formstack product. Uh, I can't imagine running our uh, website and programs without it. So um, you guys need to keep up the good work. And um, if you have enjoyed today's program. If you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, social media, or web design, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz and feel free to fill out a form stack form while you're there. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.